John chapter 4, verses 3 through to 19. And as you're turning there this morning, I came across a very interesting article the other day. It's an old news article, and it's a story about a man named Danny Sigui. Anyway, this man, he was uh, illegally migrated from Guatemala. He ends up getting into the United States. This was back in the 1980s. And uh, so what ends up happening, fast forward around the year 2000, he's actually in his house, in his garage, and he's working on his Jeep. He's working on his Jeep, and then he hears a kerfuffle. You know, he hears uh, down the street, actually across the street, he's, he hears some fighting, a noise going and breaking out. He goes out, and he sees these two guys fighting, which eventuates into murder. And so what he does, you know, the, 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 the guy who murders the person, he runs away, but Danny Sigui, he ends up calling 911. He's on the phone. He says, listen, I've just witnessed a murder take place. I've just seen someone being killed. I, I, I want to help. I, I'm a, I'll be a witness. Anyway, time goes by. The police get involved. They begin to arrest this particular murder. They find out who he is, puts him behind bars. Good story. Amen. Good story. Praise the Lord. This guy's a, the hero of the story. It doesn't end it. Two days later, after making the arrest, they rock up to Danny Sugui's house. They knock on his door and they handcuff him, they arrest him, and they deport him back to Guatemala. And I was reading that particular story, and because uh, what ends up happening, the news and the media get a hold of this guy. I mean, he's the hero of the story. He's the witness. He's, he's seen the murder took place. They've, they've you know, eventually caught the murderer. And so now this whole uproar in the community, because there's other immigrants in the area, and they think, they're thinking, you know what, no one else is going to speak out anymore. No one's going to do what's right anymore because they, they decided to remove him. And so they interview Mr. Sigui, and this is what he says. They, they found him, and he says these words, for doing a good thing, and this is what I get. He says, this is the last time I'm ever going to do something right. He's basically, basically saying, man, if, you know what? I'm never going to get involved again. If I ever see anything happen, I'm just going to pretend like nothing happened at all. I'm just, you know what? Last time I did something right, oh, it didn't turn out right. It turned up turning wrong. He becomes so bitter. He's regretting doing what's right. And I read that story. And I was like, man, you know what? That's exactly like a lot of people. That's exactly like a lot of Christians in particular. That we are disciples, we come to church, we're preached to, do the right thing. We love God, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We try to live righteous, uh, just like uh, Danny Segui, we want to do what's right, amen? Amen, we try and do what's right. We want to be people of God, amen? Who wants to love Jesus with all their heart, amen? You know, we want to do what's right, we want to love God, we want to be people of character, we want to be people of integrity, honesty. We want to live these lives where we are trusted people. But just like Danny's, Danny, you know, there are times when you do the right thing for so long and it turns out, you know, life turns out wrong. And you know what? This is, this is the area that I'm preaching in this morning because so many times when Christians see things, you know what? They're doing the right thing, but then it ends up wrong. It causes a lot of mental confusion. It affects your relationship with other people. It affects your relationship with God. It affects your commitment to the church. Because all of a sudden, you're like, man, I'm doing the right things. And all of a sudden, things start going out of pear shape. And it like, starts going wrong. And you're like, man, I'm out of here. Come on, who am I preaching to this morning? It's like, yeah, praise the Lord, I'm here when everything's going good. But then all of a sudden, where are you? And in our text this morning, 
we find a familiar story that, that God was speaking to me throughout this week. I'm reading this story and all of a sudden something jumps out at me. Let's read our text, John chapter 4, verses 3. I'm going to read down. It says, He left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Then the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank for it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Hallelujah. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life the woman said to him sir give me this water that i may not thirst nor come here to draw jesus said to her go call your husband and come here all right he's touching something he's, he's getting to the point here the woman answered and said i have no husband jesus said to her you have said well i have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Amen. Let's stop right there. I want to preach a message entitled, When Right Turns Out Wrong. Number one, if you're making note, the reality of discouragement. And we're going to get back into our text in just a minute, but I feel this morning as I'm preparing this message that there are people who will find themselves exactly in this junction of life. That you've been doing things right that you want to live for God, that you want to, you know what, please God. But all of a sudden, some things in life just doesn't add up. And you're just like, you're questioning God. You're thinking, man, I'm doing everything. Why is this happening? And you know what? The Bible is filled with so many stories, so many accounts of people who done right, but life ended up wrong. Think about Joseph. Here is a young man who had dreams that, you know, one day he's going to uh, be living what God had purposed him to do. But then all of a sudden, after doing right so many times, he finds himself in a house where he's working for Potiphar. And all of a sudden, you know what? The wife has eyes for Joseph. And Joseph, you know what? He says, I'm not sleeping with you. I want to do the right thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live pure. I'm going to do what's right. You know what ended up happening? Well, what he did right, he gets thrown into prison. For doing something right, he gets thrown into prison. And then you think, that's it, wow, good. He, he gets put into prison. He meets two other fellows. He meets two other brothers in prison, becomes friends with them. They're actually used to work in the palace, and they're now being restored into the palace, and they forget about Joseph. I mean, here he is. He's doing things right. He's helping them. He's serving them. He's interpreting their dreams. He's doing the right thing. But then all of a sudden, I'm forgotten. 
How many have ever been there before? You're, you're doing the right thing. You're, you're living right, but then all of a sudden you feel forgotten. You feel neg neglected. You feel, I mean, where is God in this whole picture? Think about Daniel. Here he is. He's a man. He's, he's praying. He's doing the right thing. Daniel, a, a guy, he's like, you know, I'm not bowing down, but yet they throw Daniel into the lion's pit. I mean, for someone doing what's right. And I'm telling you this this morning because there's the reality of discouragement. Let me take you back to Psalms chapter 73 for just a minute. I want to show you what David is feeling. And I'm sure many of you are feeling this this morning. Listen to uh, Psalm 73 verse 2. He says these words, But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. David is making his case. He's like, man, you know what? Uh, I almost stumbled. I almost slipped. I'm looking at the world. I'm looking at how wonderful they've got life. And I'm thinking, I look at my own life. This is what he said. I look at my own life. And I'm I almost stumbled. I almost slipped up. And he, he finds throughout these verses, he's like, man, they're, they're evil. They're doing this. They're speaking lofty things, but yet they're prospering. And you go down to verse 13, watch this verse right here. He says, surely I have cleansed my heart in vain. He's like, man, I'm doing this all in vain. And he says, I've washed my hands in innocence for all day long. I have been plagued and chastened every single morning. I mean, I want you to listen to the psalmist. I want you to listen to the writer of this chapter. He is angry. He is vexed. He is ticked. He's like, man, I, what's going on? He sees evil people are doing well. He sees the sinners that are, you know what, doing so good. And he looks at his life and he says, man, it seems I've cleansed my heart in vain. That word or that phrase, cleanse my heart, is actually translated, I have kept my heart pure in vain. Here he is. He, I want you to feel what he's saying. I've kept myself pure. I've kept myself from the world. I've kept myself. I'm living right. I'm living clean. I'm doing the right thing. And David's like, what's the point? <laughs> I said it before, but if the enemy can't destroy you, he will distract you. And if he can't distract you, he will discourage you. Come on, who am I preaching this this morning? Amen. He, if he can't distract you, he will discourage you. And you know what, church? Discouragement is real. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. That verse is saying, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. When you expect it to see something happen, when you expect it to, you know what, experience some blessings, but all of a sudden it doesn't turn up. You're expecting, you know what, something to turn up in your mail. You're expecting something to turn up at your front door. It doesn't turn up. And you know what it does? It makes your heart sick. You become discouraged, especially, listen this morning, when you're doing the right thing. Lord, I'm paying my tithes. Jesus, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in prayer in the morning. Jesus, I'm reading the Bible. God, you know what? I haven't paid my rent. Oh, that's a big thing. Come on. <laughs> I haven't paid. You know what, God? I even go to work on time. I'm doing the right thing. I'm, I'm, you know what? Even when my boss might be a bit of a jerk, I'm still working unto the Lord. <laughs> come on I'm doing the right thing but listen this morning my point is simply this we love to strive to do the right things we want to do what's right 
by people and right by God. And the reality is this, we can get discouraged and the enemy takes advantage of it. But what do you do? Hey Amen, this is a good question. What do you do as a believer, as a Christian, when right turns out wrong? You're doing your best. You're not seeing any breakthrough. Even though you're doing it right, you're coming to church, you're going to work, you're speaking the word of God. Man, you're saying, you know what, just like that, I might as well join those who are doing evil. That's exactly what David is saying. He's like, man, I almost stumbled. I, I almost slipped. I almost went back to the world. I almost went back to the old relationship. I almost picked up some more drugs. I almost went down the road to visit my dealer. I almost stumbled. Come on, who am I preaching to this morning? And here David is writing, and this is the guy. I mean, I'm reading. David, you're the man after God's own heart. David, you're the man whom the ladies are singing. Saul slain his thousands. David, you slain your ten thousands. This is the guy that David is. But yet we find this man of God discouraged. Oh, come on, you better help me preach this morning. I'm preaching myself happy today. Come on, preach, Pastor Bobby. You're doing good. Come on. <laughs> but here it is. You know what? The reality is we could be sitting at home. You know what? Playing this thing over in our mind, just like it's a movie, you know, over and over on replay. And then all of a sudden, we're discouraged. We're like, man, what am I doing with my life? I'm, I'm living pure. I'm living clean. I'm, I'm doing right. And then all of a sudden, you open the phone. You go on Instagram. Ooh, I'm going there. And then you look at their story. Oh, vacation in Bahamas. But you're back in Beanley. Oh, wow. They're having so much fun on holiday. Oh, you're an eagle bee. <laughs> Come on, somebody, you're, you're here. Oh, they're having such, I'm telling you, discouragement comes in. The enemy comes in. He's like, man, oh, because you're not seeing the fruit. You're not experiencing the, the joys. And I'm telling you, this is a reality that you have to process in life. I want to talk about the encouragement. Hallelujah. I want to talk about, secondly, here comes the encouragement. Because Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says the awesome words that have kept me on the right path listen this morning let us not grow weary while doing good come on somebody let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart i'm telling you this morning don't let doing good weigh you down don't let doing good take a hold of you and weigh you down because I'm telling you, you've got to keep going. Don't lose heart because there is coming another season. Oh, come on. Shalabake. There is coming another season in your life. There is coming another season that what you've been doing, that your righteousness is going to turn right for you. But you must not grow weary. Come on, somebody. It might not be in your lifetime that you will see it come to pass. Oh, can I preach today? It might be for your children. It might be for your children's children, your grandchildren who watched you stay right, who watched you stay married, who watched you, you know what, in the difficult time of finances stay true to Jesus Christ who watched you reconcile your relationships who watched you forgive time and time again listen there is coming a time when you keep doing right you will reap a harvest 
there's a promise. That is this, in due season you will reap. The word is this, if you don't lose heart, if you don't quit, if you don't stop, come on, if you don't give up, if you do not lose heart. In other words, don't get discouraged. You're going to reap a harvest. And many times, and I've seen this over Many times over and over again, people come into church, amazing testimonies, radically saved, powerfully delivered, doing amazing things. God's got a purpose, a plan, but all of a sudden, pastor, I'm doing it right, but it ain't happy. I'm going back to the world. Oh, man, it's too difficult, pastor. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm telling you, you have to do what's right because it's right. Not because it's going to benefit you, but listen, it's going to honor and glorify God. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. You're actually living something far more bigger than yourself. This is for other people. This is for your children. This might be for someone else down the road where they've seen you be faithful over these years. Back to our text this morning. John chapter 4, and this is what I want to preach. This is the heart of what I want to share with you this morning. I was reading this, I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm reading this story and I'm thinking, you know what, I've read this how many times before, I've heard people preach it how many times, I've, I've heard sermon after sermon about this woman at the well. And I read this and it's found at the last portion of this verse, Jesus says to her, go get your husband. Verse 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. I'm reading this, and God gave me a revelation. God showed me another perspective on this woman because many preachers would cast shade on this woman. She's a, you know what, she's not a virgin. You know what, she's, oh, what a, what a disgrace. You know what, boom, boom, boom. But yet we see another side of this woman, and I want you to listen. She is a victim of somebody doing right, the right thing and turned out wrong. She has been married five times. I mean, you think about it. Most people just shack up. Most people just, you know what, they're fornicators. They, they live together. We're just partners. Oh, you know what, friends with benefit. One night stand. You want people get together. But this woman... She gets married five times. She's like, you know what? She's saying, you know, I'm doing the right thing. She's, you know what? She's got some standards in place. She's realized, you know what? If I'm going to be with someone, I'm going to get married to them. I'm going to, you know what? If you want to marry me, you better put a, uh, you better put a ring on. You know what? If you want to be with me, hey, listen, we've got to do it right. And here's the revelation. She did the right thing, but each time ended up in divorce. And you know what will end up happening whenever you, you do the right thing? Man, God, I'm, 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 I'm married. Now, we don't know the, the details of her story, but here it is. You know what? This Danny Segui spirit can come upon you. Why am, I, why am I doing this? Why am I even getting married? Why am I even, you know what, living pure? David, you know what? Well, I'm, I'm a stumble. And so many people are in this particular junction. It's like, you know what? Why keep on going? 
And here's the encouragement today. In verse 4, that's written in your Bible, it says these words, he needed to go through Samaria. In other words, Jesus knew exactly what this woman was going through. Jesus knew exactly the, the thing that she was facing. She was like, I'm doing the right thing. Nothing is planned. Jesus like, I got to go to Samaria. And I'm preaching. I'm, I'm praying. I'm like, God, what do you want to say? And he said, you got to go to Samaria. I want to reach out to people who are struggling. I want to reach out. I want to speak to people who are in this season where they're just doing right. They're doing the good things. They're coming to church. They're listening to the word. You are being preached. They're being filled with the Holy Ghost. They're paying tithes. God bless you. But they're not seeing any evidence. But I come with a message to encourage you to say God is traveling through Binley right now. And he knows exactly what you're going through. And he comes and he finds you here today. He knows the pain you've been through, but he knows the plan to get you through. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 8. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. There comes a season when you do not lose heart. Keep on doing what you're doing. Keep believing God. Keep giving. Keep coming to church. You know what? This is where we find encouragement. The Bible tells us, uh, let us not forsake the gathering of the saints. Uh, for it is the encouragement that comes through the gathering. And finally, I want to close with this final thought. You know what? Keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The world might be changing. The climate of this world is ever-changing. Lockdown, we're not sure. Lockdown, yes, three days. Lock, boom, boom, boom. The world is changing. The fashion is changing. Money and stocks are changing. It's going up and down. But I'll tell you one thing that will never change, and that is Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness up in here? And I'm telling you this, faith is not dependent on your circumstance. Come on now. I mean, yes, we go through the valleys. Yes, we go up the mountaintops. But listen, your faith should not be dependent on what you're going through. Your faith must depend on Jesus. Psalm 61 verse 2, from the ends of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than my situation. Lead me to the rock that is higher than my financial need. Lead me to the rock, God, that you are able to help me through this. And I want to encourage you. You know what? God comes through. Life is not fair, but God is faithful. i say that again. Life is not fair, but God is faithful faithful don't be like Danny Sigui you know people back off from doing the will of God people then back down from doing the will of God and eventually people backslide away from God they back off from doing the will back down and then they backslide in our text we find this woman after an encounter with Jesus Christ 
gets a revelation that, man, you know what, Jesus, you know who I am. Jesus says, if you knew who it was that asked you for a drink, she got a revelation. Wow, man, I need this living water. I need this to sustain me through my life. The living water that just keeps on going, that even yet in the midst of COVID, that even in the midst of uncertain situations, there is a living water on the inside of my life. Things can go sour and dry, but there's something living on the inside of me. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world come on somebody there is a Christ that is never going to change he is always faithful here we find this woman goes back to her city after this encounter with Jesus she goes and she serves Jesus and she brings a revival throughout the whole city of Samaria and I'm telling you, when you don't give up, when you don't quit, you will see a harvest come to pass. You will see integrity being formed in your life. You will see faith being established. You will see character being built. But you must not give up. You've got to hold on. You've got to press on and know that God is going to bring you through it. And He's going to bring you another season. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a new season. Come on, it's a new season. Don't let the enemy weigh you down. You've come so far. Come on, you've come so far. Don't let the enemy cause you to turn away. I want to encourage you to keep the main thing, the main thing, because God is faithful. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Keep the main thing the main thing. You know, I close with this story. There were 128 runners. Remember that, 128 runners in the field for the cross-country race at the 1993 Track and Field Championships. They set out on this 6.2-mile run. They were following a course that had been marked out by the race officials. Toward the end of the course, one of the runners in the middle of the group realized something was wrong. His name was Mark Del Cavo of Western State College in Colorado. He saw that the main pack missed the turn. I was waving for them to follow me and yelling out, this is the right way to go. He told the interview after the race. And you know what? Del Calvo was right. But only four other runners followed him. The rest continued on in this shortcut, which allowed them to run a shorter distance and finish the race sooner. In a widely criticized decision, race officials allowed the abbreviated route to stand as the official course. And this guy, Del Cavo, finishes, watch this, 123rd. You know what? He thought he was up there. He finished up in the... But yet, because other people ran the race, the shortcut, he was now officially 123rd in the race. Now, I share that because, you know what? The world does not always reward people staying on track but God sees God sees and if you keep on the right path and say you know what? this is a narrow path I'm going to follow Jesus I'm going to keep laying down my life I'm going to carry my cross I'm going to keep following Christ I'm going to be involved I'm going to stay in this church I'm going to keep on serving because the main thing is this it's Jesus Christ he never changes and there's heaven there's eternity there's a bigger race that I'm running Matthew 25, verse 23, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. 
enter into the joy of your Lord. You see, faithful servant. Faithful servant. What about you this morning? In the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of unfair treatment, let's continue to be faithful to Jesus. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed today. Simple message this morning that I want to encourage you. Don't grow weary while doing good. You shall reap if you do not lose heart. When right turns wrong, keep doing the right thing. Keep serving. Keep living for Jesus. We're not perfect. Who is? We're not perfect. We won't have things, you know what, all in perfect order. But yet, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing what the, the right thing is to do. The godly thing. Bible says it's filled. You know what? They wanted to do what's right in their own eyes. But we're doing what's right in God's eyes. This morning, I want to give an invitation. As we do every service, because God knows every single one of our hearts. You're here today and you're not saved. You're not born again. My friend, my brother, my sister. There will come a time where you will face God on judgment day. Bible says it's appointed for man to die once and then comes judgment. My question to you is this, where will you spend eternity? If you were to die today in your sins, friend, the Bible says you will be separated from the love of God. You will be destined to a place called hell for eternity. But God in His grace sent Jesus Christ, His only Son, to die on the cross so that we do not have to perish. And through His blood, he paid for you, your sins, my sins, the, the sins of this whole entire world. But it comes down with you willing to make that exchange. Your sins for His righteousness. Your dirt for His grace. You're here this morning, you know your heart's not right with God. You're backslidden. You're not right with the Lord. I want you to do one simple thing and you just raise your hand with mine and say, yes, that's me. I'm not right with God. God's dealing with your heart. You're not saved. You're not right. Lift it up this morning. God bless you. I'll count it a privilege to pray with you. Lift up your hand and say, yes, that's me. I'm not saved. I want to know Jesus. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I, I've been living my life totally carefree. You know what? Just as I wanted to live. But today I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be forgiven. I want to have eternal life in heaven. If that's you, won't you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I'll count it a privilege to pray for you. Lift it up. No one looking around. Say, that's me, pastor. Would you pray for me? Amen. Hallelujah. Turning to the church. Church, I want to encourage you. When right turns out wrong, keep living for Jesus. Don't give up on your post. God's called you for such a time as this. This is a word for someone this morning. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but you've been doing right, but things have turned out wrong. Listen, this is a word of encouragement. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't give up. Don't quit. We're living in the last days. You know what? Life is short. It's not time for us to back down now. It's time for us to go full on for Christ. Amen. These altars are open. Why don't you come and find a place to pray this altar? Maybe God's been speaking to you about, you know what, your discouragement. You're, you're, you're comparing your life to other people. Come to the altar. Say, God, I, wanna, I don't want to do that anymore. God, I'm going to lay down my life here at this altar. I'm going to choose right living, righteous living rather than evil living. Come out of your seat and say, yep, that's me. I'm going to come to this altar. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give everything at this altar. Lay it down at this altar. Make a decision this morning. Say, you know what, man? I've been living my life just the way I feel. Today, say, you know what? I'm going to 
I'm going to be faithful. God, minister at this altar. Touch the hearts of men and women. God, in this place. God, I pray that you continue to move upon their hearts. Lord God, that you're preparing us for something far greater than ourselves. Lord God, we do not know the harvest that is coming. So God, prepare us from this message to hold on. Oh, I pray God, help us, Lord Jesus, to get through the week, get through the day. Help us, God, strengthen your people, God, this morning to depend upon you, God, that you are the life giver, that you are the joy giver. Lord, that within us, Lord God, are living waters. I pray let it be a revelation, God, to our church this morning that there is living waters found in you, not in the world. Oh, God, minister right now in Jesus' name at this altar. Touch people's lives, God. Minister to the broken. Strengthen, Lord God, the weak. Encourage the discouraged, Lord. Lord, have your way in this place. Oh, bless your name. Jesus, bless your name. Hallelujah. Oh, Rabama Sere.